Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. My name's Catherine Carr, and this is Relatively the podcast all about potentially the longest relationships of your life. This is oldest to youngest. Matthew, Guy, Hugh, Reese. then there's me, then there's Philippa and Caris, and then my father has had another three. <laughs> I think he wanted a football team. I'll be bringing siblings together to talk about the connections they have as adults, as well as what it was like growing up together. In this episode, we're talking to Owen Farrow, aka Davina De Campo. I am best known as a drag artist slash queen, and his little sister Caris Cliff. And I come end of the bunch, save the best to last. Whose baby Heath <coughs> makes an appearance too. I've got him some sultanas that'll keep him occupied for at least five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll also talk to them separately to get a more private take on the relationship. She just wants everyone to be happy. That's a thing. I just want everyone to get along. And I'm like, well, sometimes people don't get along. And that's all right. Caris is quite reactive. So if she doesn't get her way with something or you argue with her about something, I think she'll grow out of that. I did. Brothers and sisters are never straightforward. And in case you're wondering... I don't mind which pronoun you use with me so he she they them is all fine Davina's been around for about 10 years and was a runner-up in the first season of RuPaul's Drag Race on the BBC but Owen's always been flamboyant describing himself as the Christmas fairy all year long which did lead to problems and some serious unhappiness at secondary school we talk about that and about coming out to his parents but we started by talking about what it's like to be one of seven and the teasing that went on Oh, we used to, me and Philip used to have this joke. It was like, it was awful. We were really mean on Sundays. We did did pick on Davina Day, basically. It was pick on Owen Day. And we'd all have dinner and then we'd just pick on Owen Day, which was really, really mean. But we had a little dance that we did of just stupid stuff that he took. Like looking at my watch and going, oh, oh, it's that time. Or I've not zipped up my fly. So it was like, because someone had said, what time's Matthew coming, who's our eldest brother? And Tavina looked at his watch and was like, shocked at the time. So that was part of our dance. So they used to go, Owen, ooh, zip up their flight, do something with their face. But I used to be like, ha, 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 great, well done. Oh, we were horrible. But you can imagine so many kids would be horrible because... I think kids are horrible. Yeah, they are horrible. They're really nasty. And we were no exception. You know, everybody had like a year or two years where everybody in the family was horrible to you. Um, so, Do you think that's a good training ground for life? Gets all the edges knocked off you? I don't know because I'm an extremely anxious person now. So, <laughs> so maybe not. 
maybe it wasn't the best. Um, <laughs> let's um, let's talk about your mum because I'm I'm a mum of two. Karis is a mum of one. That's hard enough. So tell me about your mum, mum of seven. What was she like, and what was the vibe like at home? She's scary. Don't cross her. Yeah, absolutely. She's fierce. She was terrifying. So you'd be really scared of us. You wouldn't do anything wrong. Although I still did. Is that how she managed to organise you, just by being really strict? Yeah, I think so. I think that was the the only way that you could do it because all of us are absolutely bonkers and wanting to do whatever we want to do. So unless you have an iron fist, that you've got no chance of keeping these seven crazy children in line. If you go out anywhere, they all have to stay with you. You can't be losing them. No. So they have to listen to you. <laughs> and the only way to do that was fear. <laughs> <laughs> Having a parent being one way, so let's say she's strict, she could have been this, she could have been that, that has different effects on different children. And in RuPaul's Drag Race, Davina, you said, you know, I'm so hard on myself. And and you said, you know, my mum's quite hard and my husband's quite hard and you're always looking for perfectionism. So I'm wondering if your mum's strictness kind of didn't work out too well for you in a way. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that because, you know, it's made me, uh, I do feel things very deeply. So she made me toughen up a bit as well. You know, not when people say horrible things to me, I don't take it to heart in the same way now. You know, I'm much much better at shaking that off. So that actually was really helpful. Um, I don't think that striving for perfection is a terrible trait. I just think you have to manage that by being realistic with the amount of time that you've got and the circumstances that you're in as well. You know, so there's lots of projects that I've done, which, you know, I'll pick them apart. I've done a Christmas special just and I am going, oh, this should be better and the voice isn't quite in tune here and that's not right and it should be funnier. And But it's a snapshot in time and and you have to go, at this point, this is what happened. You know, so I'm much better at that these days. That's really different to you, Karis. Totally different. I couldn't care less what anyone thinks. I think... <laughs> she wasn't harsh on me, wasn't mum. I think she'd given up by the time she'd got to me. So I had a really easy ride. <laughs> it might have been better I might have worked harder at stuff but I didn't and do you think she was worried for Davina because she saw that you were sensitive and maybe worried for how you'd cope yeah I think so and then she was really worried about me being gay as well you know she reacted very badly with that and I think it was because she was worried about how society would treat me rather than about me being gay if that makes sense um, so yeah I think that is is a part of it that she was hard on me to try and toughen me up a bit. Yeah, so there's a study. It was it was a programme that they'd done, a study in India, and it's about how the testosterone levels reduce yeah. as you go through the families. You can really see it in our family. Like, because there's all the boys, Davina's at the end, then there's Philippa, and then there's me. And would you say that the boys get less boyish then even those top three top four yeah I would say they all get a little less manly along the way (laughs) (laughs) would they thank you for saying that or would they not mind no I don't think they would I don't know don't tell them (laughs) (laughs) and when did you know that um 
Owen might end up with a different identity as a grown-up. When did you know that Davina might be emerging from your brother, Owen? I think um, it's always been pretty clear Owen wasn't like the other people. He was. He's always been super flamboyant about everything. So it was no shock to anyone when he said he was gay. Like, and nobody thought anything of him dressing up because we'd always dressed up. Was it a problem with your parents or anyone like that? Or was it just like, we've got seven of these <laughs> and they're all so different and this is just the way that Owen's different? Or was there kind of a like, ooh, that's something new? Because I, I felt like even with Drag Race, the first series, there was a lot of explaining of drag and sort of gender identity and those things going on. And that's 2019. So, yeah. Well, oh, God, yeah, back back when Owen decided he was gay. Well, my mum didn't take it well. I don't think she spoke to him for a, a, like quite a long time. Mm-hmm. She didn't she didn't take it well at all. We don't we don't see our dad. He's not part of the picture. Um but yeah, she, mum didn't take it too well at all. Although but now she's his biggest fan, so you know, she's over it now. We all get over stuff in the end, don't we? I wonder if we if it's a question of getting over something like that or actually understanding because that's what I was trying to say it the fact that in 2019 drag race was still having to kind of explain it to people means that back when Owen was a boy that's a lot of learning for your mum to do and understanding isn't it yeah and I think it's explaining it to other people as well because even if she did understand it other people wouldn't would they when when did you know you were gay and when did you come out how old were you oh god I knew when I was like 11, 12. I mean, I was the Christmas fairy all year long at school, you know, like the Rainbow Ranger running up and down the school halls, singing show tunes and kicking my legs around. So it was pretty obvious to everybody. But I came out at 14. And actually, she'd asked me when we were in Ibiza. Oh, had she? Yeah. And what did you say? Do you remember the, the pool was... In the just in front of where the hotel was, and then there were those stairs that went down to the beach. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, that one. It was there. Yeah, she said. Sometimes I think you're gay, and I said, "Well, actually, I think I am." Yeah, and she, she was just... hoping you were going to say, "No, I'm not." Yeah. Whereas I was like, "Well, I've been told not to lie. I shouldn't lie. I've been getting in trouble for lying for my entire life." Oh, tell the truth. Yeah, I think I am. Oh no, she hates it. <laughs> Can't win. Yeah, no, not really. And what did you feel, Karis? Like, did you feel a sense of protection towards Davina at school or school was awful because people would just come up to me and go, Your brother's gay, and I'd be like, Yeah, and I'm not sure what you want from me. That was another like weight on top of me as well, you know, feeling like all these other people in my family are having to deal with this as well and it's not their fault and it's not their problem. And But no, but nobody should. I think it comes back to the kids are horrible thing, doesn't it? Yeah. But equally, I knew that, you know, I was I was lucky in that I had the, the sort of mindset of I know that the popular kids and the cool kids are going to still be in Brighouse in 30 years' time and I know that they're going to be married at... 17 and they're going to have four kids by the time they're 20 I don't want that for me so I'm not going to stay around these people I'm going to go and do something else they're not your friends 
No, and it was, I knew that it was going to be, you know, like a two or three year experience rather than this is my entire life now. I knew that I was going to go and do something different. That's amazing because most teenagers feel like school is the universe and the present that they're living through is going to carry on forever. I think it's really unusual to have a perspective that life is bigger than secondary school at that age. Yeah, I think a lot of that was, there were some really great teachers at Rastrick High at that time. Some of them are still there. They helped, you know, a lot with that. What would happen was I would get uh, harassed and bullied for two or three months and then I would explode and I would beat the crap out of somebody and then people would leave me alone for three or four weeks there was like lower school upper school sixth form so whoever it was who I'd kick their head in I'd always go to the corresponding office and be like I'm really sorry I just flipped out today and I beat this kid up um and they'd be like well you mustn't do that but nobody's come to talk to us about it so yeah Oh, well. Carry on. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So that's amazing. You felt like they might have had your back. Yeah, and especially because Section 28 was still in place, they knew that they possibly would would face the sack if they did step in. You know, it it wasn't exactly what the the legislation said, but if if the PTA decided that that was what they, they wanted, that they'd stood up for a gay kid, then that's what they could have pushed for because it would have been promoting homosexuality as a valid lifestyle choice. Um, So they couldn't have stepped in in the way that I think now teachers absolutely can. I read somewhere when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died that unless your rights have been debated in the Supreme Court, then you are privileged. And I think it's really interesting that you've brought legislation in to look back at your adolescence because that says so much, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I knew that it was in place at the time. You know, I knew the score. It wasn't that I didn't know what was going on. I absolutely did. But everybody's hands were kind of tied. So the only thing that I could do was um, just carry on. But also I was like, you know, I know that it's better me getting bullied than somebody who's going to go home and kill themselves. You know, it was better me having that because I knew that I was not going to do that because I wanted to do something with my life. Did you tell Karis when you were being bullied? I don't know. No, you didn't have to. I, I knew. I remember being in the school hall and Owen walked through and people were jeering at him like it was awful. And I was just like, and people were going, is that your brother? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, there's nothing I can do. It was public knowledge that he was getting bullied. That's a horrendous image you've just described. It was, and I remember that really vividly. He was saying earlier, oh, I worried everybody had to, it's not their problem, it's not their this. I mean, being gay is nobody's problem. But did you feel his pain in that instance? Oh, yeah, it was horrific. But I was just like, I can't do anything because it just puts me in the place to be bullied. Like, and people were already trying because they were like, your brother's gay, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, the only thing I could do was ignore it. Mm. There's nothing you can do because I was like, I can't put myself in that position. No, because it was horrendous. It really was horrendous. Self-preservation, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Which was very much how our family operated as well. The quick and the hungry at dinner time. (laughs) 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you sort of look back at your, you know how you do when you get older, I don't know how old you are even, but you look back at yourself as a teenager and you feel like quite separate people sometimes. And I think you can feel pity or pride or protection towards that sort of other younger person. And I wonder if you look back at that person at secondary school and just think, flipping out, you had no idea how good it was going to get, but crikey, that was hard. Yeah. I mean, I definitely felt like the protection towards Philippa because Philippa and I had been really, really close. So we'd always played together at junior school, you know, and then I'd already started getting bullied in year seven. Philippa said she felt like I was ignoring her. You know, later we'd had this conversation about how she said she felt like I'd been ignoring her. I think an element of that was that I wanted, I wanted her to not have, um, have all the shit that was coming at me. I didn't want that to be put onto her. Um, so, so I sort of, I hadn't ignored her, but I definitely changed our relationship while we were at school. So it's sort of not hard to see where this whole thing that you seem to have about taking everyone's problems on your shoulders comes from, mm-hmm. because you were just trying to make it all right for everyone and yourself. Yeah, I mean, we were, we were having, oof. it was a really, really tough time. Um, Mum and Dad had broken up. They were like it was like World War Three, and then we had all I had all this at school as well, um, and so I like I felt a real responsibility to not bring to not bring more of that on on everyone at home because it was already so hard. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. I just um. It's fine. uh, I said, don't be interested. He's a sensitive soul. (laughs) I just need to go for therapy, that's all. I can recommend it. (laughs) How old were you when your parents split up then, out of interest, Karis? I don't really know because I was so young. I always say six, but I've no actual idea. I I think it was the year that I went to high school that they actually broke up, but they'd been... Are like really terribly arguing for a, about two years before that. So I feel like it was when I was about 11. So you'd been, what, nine? Yeah. Eight, nine. You know, which yeah. is a really, that's a massive period of forming your your personality and how you're going to go forwards in the world, isn't it? Also, your siblings become so 
vital because it's a really safe, generally a sort of safe set of relationships and you hold each other's memories and stories and you hold how it was when the family was good and all of that, don't you? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you, you see yeah. the be there. Well, I think that's why, like, me and Philippa are so close. Yeah, because you two were sharing a bedroom and then Reese and I were sharing a bedroom. Um, so, like, when when they were fighting and arguing, um, you know, I would be talking to Reese about it and I guess you would be doing the same with Philippa. Yeah, pretty oblivious to stuff, me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were quite loud. <laughs> I was interested by one thing that um, Davina said, and I wonder what you would say about this. She said on Drag Race, she would bring kindness to an art form that can be quite hard. And and you did get a feeling throughout the whole series that she's quite hard on herself anyway, but oh, yeah. she's very sensitive and that the drag scene is sort of very supportive, but quite catty and maybe not the kind place that D- Davina no. would want it to be. <laughs> Definitely not a kind place. And she's so hard on herself all the time. I'm like, don't worry about it. Nobody cares. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. the, that's the baby speaking. <laughs> yeah, not stressing out. Yeah, she's really, really hard on herself. And she's just always, she just wants everyone to be happy. That's her thing. I just want everyone to get along. And I'm like, well, sometimes people don't get along. And that's all right. No. It's not your responsibility. No, she does take everything as her responsibility. And I'm like, it's really not. You know, mm. you've got to just let it go. It's not about you. Like, you can't do anything. Are you a massive empath? So you kind of feel everything around you, oh, the emotions? God. Yeah, terribly, really bad. Like scrolling through Facebook and seeing anything that is remotely upsetting I'm like oh god oh I hope this I don't want this to happen for you this is awful um so yeah I really do feel it I feel it in my body and so I have to be you know you have to be a bit aware of that and to some extent protect yourself from it as well it's an exhausting way to live sometimes yeah it really is (laughs) not judging you for it but it's hard yeah it is I uh, I get a lot of messages from people who are struggling, who are coming out, who have got problems in home or they've had a really terrible diagnosis. So they, they message me and and sometimes it's it's just a bit too much, you know. So you have to uh, create a, a wall of separation between you and that person and not allow it in too much into your own life because it is a lot for anybody to to carry and deal with. Um, and so now, you know, you said when you were in secondary school that you had this amazing sense of perspective. I am not going to be here, you know, married with four kids by the time I'm 21. I've got bigger and better plans. So without, you know, being too bitchy about it, do you feel vindicated? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because those kids who were really, really awful, you know, their lives are miserable. I'm, I quite quite happy to admit that I have stalked their Facebooks and <laughs> and uh, yeah they they've either ended up in prison or they're you know long-term unemployed with very little um, very little prospect of of improving their lot in life um, mm. and so yeah I do sort of feel like you know 
Maybe if you hadn't been such a shit all the way through school, your life would have turned out a bit better. Mm. And so when you're in your, um, I don't know when Davina Campo was born as a persona. When did she arrive? About 10 years ago, like as a, this is what it is now, you know, about 10 years ago. And that moment must have felt glorious with that whole history. Um, Probably... I think where it felt glorious was altogether now filming that was, you know, the point where I felt like, you know what, actually, I've done all right. I'm on primetime TV, on BBC, on a Saturday night, and uh, I'm getting loads of airtime. I've done okay, you know. I think considering what where we started, it's fine. <laughs> And Karis, how did you feel when Davina came along and Owen was kind of in this place with Davina, feeling like it had all come together a bit? Oh, we absolutely loved it. Me and me and Dave were like watching him on the telly. I was getting everyone watching. Like Dave was like, this is the funniest. And look, he's on again. He's on again. Look. <laughs> <laughs> and that ambition hasn't left you. You said when I talked to you on your own that, you know, you are pretty flipping driven when it comes to work. Yeah, absolutely. There is no making it. It's not a thing. Making mm. it is being able to pay your bills consistently. And that means that you need to keep working and, and making things to keep people interested. So I've made it then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've made it. <laughs> you've, you've made it as an, as an, an optical dispenser. Yeah. <laughs> But it's true because even, I mean, what is success anyway? Someone else's success can be incredible, but not enough for them. And someone else's quite modest success can be plenty. It's quite hard to know when you're supposed to have arrived. And I don't think that destination actually exists anyway. No, no, I don't think so. And it's, but it's this thing that we're sold. You know, people say, oh, you've made it now. And you're like, have I? I've only got 58 quid in the bank. I don't think I have. And they're all going, oh, you must be making loads of money now. You're on telly. And you're like, have you ever worked in TV? You get paid like £100 to turn up for a full day. Yeah, try radio. <laughs> in fact, don't try radio. Don't try radio. <laughs> are you scared of failure then, do you think? The sort of relentless keeping on going? Or are you just doing it to be, as you said, really pragmatic, pay the bills and keep keep the house going yeah I don't think it's failure that I'm scared of because I'm quite happy to to try stuff out and for it to not work I think I'm more scared of of not doing stuff I'm slightly locked into that really unhelpful and damaging busy busy culture you know everything's fine because I'm busy yeah and for someone with an anxiety sort of disorder you've said about that that's you know, busy can be good because then the voices and the sort of thoughts don't start. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't have anything in the diary, that's when your brain starts eating you from the inside out. And you're going, oh, no one wants me. I'm rubbish. Oh, I can't do anything. I can't even sing. I can't dance. I'm ugly. Oh, you know. You said he's such a Debbie Downer. So finally, before I let you guys go, do you have, uh, lots of families do, and we collect them, um, either a song that could take you back to childhood in a happy way, 
Um, and also any words that you had, expressions in your family for silly things. So people make up words or mishear words when they're children. They become like the family language. I wonder if you had either of those. Everybody used to play this one piece on the piano. The Haunted Tower. There we go, the Haunted Tower. Philip has learnt it again. It's amazing. <laughs> it's out of my first piano book. It's the very last. <laughs> Last song, so it's the peak, you know. Once you've once you've reached the end of you've your first the piano pinnacle. Book, yeah, you can then play the haunted tower. Um, and finally, finally, how would you describe your relationship or what you mean to each other now at the age you are? Well, Owen thinks I'm amazing, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so, so there we are. And Caris thinks I'm a knob. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Oh, I was absolutely naughty. Yeah, absolutely. I They called me Rent-A-Wrecker because I used to destroy everything. Like what? Destroy what? I once sprayed my feet in a pair of jelly sandals with gold spray. <laughs> was that an early fashion move to try and get gold strappy sandals? I mean, I was a little bit obsessed with gold shoes. So, uh, yeah, I think it was, yeah, gold jelly sandals. I love that for me. And my feet are gold as well. Even better. Brilliant. And, and there's a little patch on the rug that's also gold. So that's uh, quite awesome. a large patch. And it wasn't the rug, it was the carpet. <gasps> <laughs> I destroyed everything. <laughs> Thank you so much to Davina and to Karis. Thank you too to Tanita Tickerham, who let us use this amazing song. Sound design is by Nick Carter at Nick Sonics and digital production by Charlotte Griffiths. Next week on Relatively, it's Johnny Flynn and his little sister Lily. They talk to me about sibling separation, losing their dad and the joys of singing in harmony together. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to see some sweet pictures of Davina and Karis or find out more about the podcast, head to relativelypodcast.com. of love and hate Stand by the fireside Another rain may fall Your father's calling you You still feel safe inside Although your ma's too proud Your brother's ignoring you You still feel safe inside Oh, was it solo? Was it yesterday? Was it true for you? Cause while all the rest have taken time Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.